Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley and Alex Yankovic. Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. We are so excited to be with you for another week. We have an amazing episode in store for you. Stick around for an interview with Malia Baker. She is an upcoming choreographer and dancer in the LA scene with lots of great advice about transitioning from dancer to choreographer. So stick around, you won't wanna miss that one. But before we get there, let's make sure that we're staying up to date with each other. You can find us on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. While you're there, be sure to follow our partners and sponsors at Inside Dance Magazine. They are Inside Dance Mag. And lastly, please feel free to write us with any recommendations, thoughts, what you love, what you hate, uh, mostly what you love, hopefully, though, at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com. Alex, how are we? I'm doing so good. I'm very rested and rejuvenated uh, from last week, which was so wonderful. And now we are immediately back uh, into the hustle, which is great. <laughs> right back to <laughs> it. Right back to it. But it's so fun. I, I really, I know this time of year is is difficult for a lot of people. Um, I do enjoy it. So it's nice to kind of be in this winter, this winter scene right now. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm eating sweet potatoes and turkey for like the eighth day in a row, I feel like. Honestly, now Next year, I want to throw like a themed Thanksgiving. I'll be like, ooh, Fiesta Thanksgiving, like <laughs> just I to break it up. Idea. Yeah, to add some diversity because it's like, you know me, a Southern boy. I love my like good Thanksgiving cooking, but I'm like, okay, I can only have so many green. So <laughs> I, I can only have so much <laughs> green bean casserole before I start going crazy. So it's so true. Green bean casserole, as good as it is, that's the thing that I probably eat the least amount of, which is you should get your green on Thanksgiving, <laughs> but. I used to hate stuffing so much when I was like a child. I hated it. And now it's like my favorite thing. And it's so, it's so good, good. Like, days after. It's delicious. It's, it's it's like glamour bread, really. It's it, it's bread that like went to the salon and got like a makeover. <laughs> <laughs> stuffing is definitely, stuffing is definitely, uh, what did you say? Dressed up for fashion week? Glamour bread. It's glamour, glamour bread. bread. <laughs> yeah, you can quote me on that one. That was way, way wittier, <laughs> wittier than whatever my suggestion was. Fashion week. I love yeah. that. Um, um well, we wanted to talk about briefly with everybody today uh, an amazing article that was written by two guests that we've had on pr uh, previously who created Dance End, and that's Michelle Lookadoo and Kristen Dice. And so they wrote just a recent article that you can see on Inside Dance's website and, of course, in their new issue, but it's under News and Features. And I really wanted to dive into this today. So the article is called Sugar Plum F uh, Fury, Three Ways to Support Your Mental Health During the Holiday Season slash Inside Dance. But I love, I honestly didn't know that they wrote this article, so I was so excited to see their names and just reading through it. I'm like, yes, these are amazing tips. So we want to share the three tips with you guys and uh, Taylor and I can give you kind of our insight and experience with each of those. But their first one is to try some self-reflection and you know they go through all these studies they have all these statistics about uh if you're struggling with stress and depression or anxiety keeping a journal can be a great idea and you can gain control of your emotions so when you're trying some self-reflection i feel like a lot of times we leave class and we're like god i was like not called out in that one or it wasn't amazing or that wasn't my best show for performing and then we need to kind of take time to self-reflect and be like wait look at where you are Look at all the great things you've done. Those that might be an emotion in the moment, but like that's not who you are. Like you aren't 
all of your feelings if you're feeling crappy about how you just performed or how, yeah, how you performed. I don't know what your insight is on that, but I love that they said that because self-reflection is get really good to get rid of imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Well, and just the phrase gain control of your emotions, like really rings true or like stands out to me because I think both as dancers, as creatives, as artistic people, um, emotions can be overwhelming on top of just being a human and an adult and living through 2021, you know, um, it's, it's easy to be overwhelmed with the confusion of your emotions. And I think this is like, hits the nail on the head as far as like reflecting because just taking a moment to sit still and ask yourself, like, how am I, how am I doing? And being ready to embrace the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and just kind of identifying that without attaching any sort of emotion or guilt or shame or pride with that, uh-huh. um, I think is so, so important um, to kind of get a roadmap of, okay, how am I doing and how can we change this? What behaviors are making me feel this way that are good yes. and what behaviors, what negative behaviors are a theme that are continuing to make me feel not good in this way. And so- absolutely. I, I definitely, as somebody that is such a busybody and go, 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 and I like to keep myself in motion, uh, it's hard for me to sit still and it's hard for me to like take a moment to say, okay, how are we doing? But I think it's so, so important. So I love this one. And honestly, if that was the only tip, I'd be like, yep, that's it. That's the answer. <laughs> I but, know. I know. Okay. So there's second. But luckily, tip. yeah, we get two more. We get two more. The second tip is to expand your interests, which I love this one. And they have a really, they wrote this amazing sentence. <laughs> So it starts off and says, if you're reading this, you are probably obsessed with dancing. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Winner, winner. I mean, absolutely. It's like our friends over at Inside Dance, but yes, obsessed with dancing. But basically they talk about how healthy it is to have a hobby outside of your main job. It like promotes a better attitude, more creativity. Um, so it's, they suggest knitting, tennis, coding, adopting a, a puppy, diversifying your everyday, everyday. You know. Knitting or adopting a puppy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to adopt a knitting puppy. I'm going to knit a sweater for my puppy that I adopt. I love it. <laughs> but it's so true. And I feel like even this podcast expanded our interest because we had to learn how to do all of these new sets of skills with like Zoom and recording and, yeah. and editing and finding like royalty free music and doing all of this other stuff that's outside of dance, even though it's still in the realm. So I can tell that's really helped my mental health. So I loved that suggestion too. And it's like a tangible thing. It's it's like very like, okay, I can find something. It doesn't have to be anything big or profound. You don't have to learn a second language, but you totally can't or third or fourth, but you totally can. See, it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we have to talk about that, but we'll go back. You keep going. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, this is another thing that I, I, I think has been a reoccurring theme in our podcast these past three seasons has been like love dance, but love something else. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you have to let go of that idea of you can only love this. And if you love anything else, then it's diluting your love for dance and blah, 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 blah. That old, you know, like uh, blood, sweat and tears mentality of it. Like, I think it's so, so necessary to, yes, find something else and um, kind of diversify your portfolio, put your eggs in other baskets because um, we, as much as we love, love, love this career, this hobby, this passion, this art form, there's also a lot of uh, emotional 
I don't want to say trauma, but ups and downs that come with it and the stress of it. And so it's like, if you can find something that is a little bit more constant or stable or, or maybe it's not, and it's just completely different. Um, I think you're golden. You're, you're, you're helping yourself so much more. Have a dog that, you know, there's my, my dog's running around in the corner back here. Uh, you know, pick, learn how to knit in Spanish. I don't know, but like find <laughs> something, um, that's going to occupy your time that you could still feel that going back to being a person like me, a busy body, a doer, find something that you can do. That's going to fill, that's going to check that box that maybe isn't necessarily dance, yeah. <laughs> which I agree with you completely. As far as this podcast, like such a learning curve and giving structure in different ways um, that dance can't provide, but it's also so, fulfilling. <laughs> exactly. And you'll be better at your day job. And the other times when you are dancing full-time, you're going to be so much better because you're just, uh, feeling rested and you're not feeling so obsessed and, and, and con- like a control freak and whatever you're doing. Like you can be, you don't sweat the small stuff when you have these other interests. going. Bingo. On. Yeah. You said that way better than I was clunky. Um, Okay. So our third one. Clunky is my word of the day. Again, I, it is. is. Again, I love tangible, tangible advice. Tangerines. I like, hey, when, you know, we talk about this all the time. We're like, do the work. I'm like, be specific. (laughs) In what? The work. You cannot. Can you expand on uh, the work? (laughs) Yeah. And like Michelle and Kristen do such a good job. So the last one get outside for a few. So even like hundred percent, I know for us, it's a little bit easier being on the West coast. It's so easy to go out. I mean, it's like 75 degrees where I'm at right now, but even if it's cold, I think even just doing a a rock, doing a walk around the block is so good. Put on your down coat, put on your hat and just do, do a nice walk, like getting outside clears your head so much. So (laughs) I'm just laughing. No, that's so good. But it's like, put on your coat, put on your hat, throw on your scarf, snap a cute selfie. You're ready for the day. You can tell tell from the outfit I'm wearing right now that I'm obsessed with fashion. (laughs) I am fashion. I love fashion. Um, Okay, back back to the point. Get outside for a few. Small amounts of vitamin D that your body absorbs. it, It really, really boosts your immune system. Just don't get sunburned is what they say. But taking a walk outside. Alex Jankovic, queen of the sunburn. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. So traumatizing. Um, Shoveling snow in the sunshine is something that they suggest. But getting outside can be so helpful. I do it every day, no matter what. And even just going outside, taking like a 10-minute breathing exercise break is so good. But you have a dog, so you can walk. Yeah, I was about to say, remember your dog that knits in Spanish? Take him for a walk, you know? Uh, Yeah, literally, that has been such a, uh, like, lifeline through the pandemic. And um, talk about, yeah, giving structure and, like, just, I mean, also dogs rock. And they just, he he loves me for, uh, like, getting up and starting my day, which I'm like, yeah, I love a good cheerleader um, for that moment. But um, yeah, no, for sure. Big fan of getting outside, big fan of living in the desert. That's also why I was like, "Mm, New York, maybe not snow. Um, So yeah, but, and I I know it's tough too for the East coasters who are like, Ooh, the sun sets at 3.30 PM now. So um, yeah, I don't know. Make, make a goal, make a uh, challenge yourself sometime during the week. Can you get up and do like a sunrise walk or a, a, 
little yoga session, um, you know, as the sun's coming up and putting those like healthy habits into your structure of your day. Totally. So, so incredibly helpful because then it'll become a habit. And then a day will come where you say to yourself, Oh, I haven't gone on my walk yet. I feel weird. And, And then it becomes part of you. And then you do it forever. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. That was, I think one of my, uh, I, we, we talked about this in our resolutions episode, uh, but one of my new year's resolutions was getting up and right away, first thing in the morning, just going for like a 10 minute walk and talk about, yeah, just like mental clarity and like getting mental up clarity. and getting moving and yeah, seeing the you sun. Never, yeah. Just, you, we, you never regret it. You no, never, we never are like, oh, never, bummer. You never go on a walk and come back and be like, I feel worse. You know, like, oh, <laughs> I, I wish I hadn't done that walk. never happened. Everyone's like, that was fantastic. So there you go, listeners, Inside Dance Magazine, your three tips for the holiday season that will support your mental health. Thank you, Michelle Lukadu and Kristen Dice for writing this amazing article. And it's like so digestible, bite-sized, tangible. That's our other word, tangible. (laughs) And if you guys haven't uh, listened yet, be sure to check out their episode. We have both of them on um, talking about their company, Dan Send. So definitely add it to the queue. if you haven't heard it yet, because you need to, and it's good stuff. But uh, let's move right along into our interview with our good friend, Malia Baker. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody. We are so excited to share with you an amazing guest. She is an incredible dancer, upcoming and amazing choreographer. You're going to see her everywhere, everybody. This is Malia Baker, who is joining us. How are you, Malia? Yay, I'm so good, you guys. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, we can't thank you enough. Um, It's so nice to meet you. I know you and Alex have... um, worked together quite a bit in LA in the past few months. Um, but it's my first time meeting you and probably to a lot of our listeners. So, um, hello. Hello. So excited to be here with you guys. I love your podcast. I'm very excited to talk about myself. Yeah. (laughs) We're excited to talk about you as well. We know you have like such great insight and experience and things to share with us. So just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Why don't you start off by telling us where you're from and how you got into dance? Okay, so my name is Malia Baker. I am from Colorado is what I say, but my family is like a family of nomads. We have lived in many different places. I was born in Georgia, lived in Hawaii. For Let's a go, bit Georgia. As a, yes, <laughs> I lived in Hawaii for a little bit, but as a child, and I don't remember it, then most of my life in dance training happened in Colorado. Um, my mom did a lot of community theater and loved it but could never pick up choreography. So she was determined to make one of her daughters a dancer. And I am the one that it stuck with. I trained at a competitive studio growing up. And that was where I got a lot of my training and insight into what the life of a professional dancer could look like. Um, And a bunch of people from my studio had done the Edge Performing Arts program in the past. And so that was kind of a path that was set up for me that I could follow. And so when I was 18, I graduated high school and moved to LA and been here ever since. And remind me what studio you were training at again in Colorado. It was Synergy Dance Academy. It's in Colorado Springs. And the director owner is named Carrie Herman. Yes, that's right. So Taylor, I don't, I think I told you this before, but uh, Malia knows Hannah Larson. 
And oh, because, that's right. Yeah, because Hannah lives in Colorado, but I know uh, Hannah used to always talk about synergy and everything. It's such yeah, an amazing. Yeah, yeah, she taught synergy for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like such amazing dancers. So it makes sense that it makes sense that you train there. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I lo- and I love that you're like uh, rocking your uh, Edge T-shirt uh, at yes. the moment. <laughs> Very on brand. I, I um, love it. That's awesome. So what was your, um, I know you said you had a lot of dancers from your studio that went to that program, but um, were, were there any other options that you were debating between? Um, were you considering going to school? Um, what was kind of your process with that? Yeah, I think I had really, I have very supportive parents who never stressed school to me. I think from a young age, I told them that I was going to be a professional dancer and they were like, okay, we'll help you facilitate that. Um, in high school, all my other friends were like applying to schools and I applied to U of A and I didn't get in. Um, then I applied to Broadway Dance Center's program. I was definitely like, do I go to New York or do, do I go to LA? I kind of totally. had that, that, what do I do? What coast do I start on? And I had been to LA more times. I knew more people in LA and I got into the edge program. So that was kind of the, the catalyst for me to move to LA. I love what you just said. I just was having a conversation with my family about this. Um, and you saying you have really supportive parents and Hey, I'm going to be a professional dancer. And I think that's such a gift to have a child who at least has something that they're passionate about. And I feel like if I was a parent, I'd be like, okay, if this is what you're passionate about, then you're going all in on mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so just talking about this with my family, that's so important. And it's lucky to have, to have uh, someone, your daughter or son be like, I love this and be like, cool. Well, you're going full force with it. I think that's so yes. important. And I yes. always, I always think about whatever I watch these, like this is horrible murder mystery things on Netflix or oh yeah, true stories that happen. I'm like, man, if only these people had a hobby, if only they were like <laughs> a dancer or like into basketball or into art, like when you're obsessed with something, it really, not that I'm not saying that it's all black and white like that, but it does. Yeah, it's yeah. really good to have something that you're passionate Homicide about. numbers will go down if knitting numbers <laughs> increase. It's a direct <laughs> exactly. relationship there. Exactly. I think it's well, true. No, here's it's a question. true. Like, yeah, Just, no, go ahead. Well, and sorry, wait, what were you going to say or else? Because <laughs> I, I, oh. I was going to pivot our combo, but you keep well, going. I was just going to add to what Alex just said of if you find like not a lot of people live their life finding something that sets their heart ablaze. So I feel so lucky to have multiple things between dance and choreography and teaching that give me so much joy and purpose. So I feel very fortunate for that. Beautiful. Okay. So actually not so much of a pivot as much as we're all dancing (laughs) together now, because my next question (laughs) comment is I feel that um, I have been one of those uh, people as well. I've known since age 14. I was like, yep, I'm going to be a dancer almost to the point where it was like uh, just blunt and stubborn, but like it was well received by like my parents, my family, my guidance counselors uh, in high school and things like that. But I wonder now I'm like, oh, because I knew I loved dancing because I was so passionate about it. I never had that like high schooler. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to study? What's my major going to be? However, do you guys fear that now that we are in this profession? I'm speaking from personal examples here. I'm like waiting for that moment to come where I'm like, what do I do with my life when it's beyond dance? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel so lucky to have such a clear set path and intention. But also I'm like, 
nervous that it's been so clear for so long that I'm like, when, when are we going to hit the rocky terrain? I don't know. <laughs> you 2020. That was when I had a year of that exact question. That was definitely a time where I was like, oh God, is this what I want to do? Do I have any other skills? What, what am I doing? And I think it was really great to slow down and realize how many skills dance has given me that I don't even think that I have. Like, I think sometimes dancers get in the mindset of, well, I can only be a dancer because that's what I've trained to do. But dance has given you so many skills. It's taught you how to be organized. It's taught you how to work with the team. It's taught you how to sew in some cases. It's taught yes. you how to like, it, it gives you so many skills that are transferable. So if you can learn what your transferable skills are, then your, your windows of opportunity just seem so much wider. So true. And you're also like really savvy with tech. Like you're, you design your own website with web design. You're so mm-hmm. good like on your Instagram. You're able, able to edit these photos as your cover, like, or what is it called? Like the picture, like you're so, yeah. so good with all of the technology stuff. How did you get into that? I'm actually really curious about this. I meant to ask you this before. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was something that I just always was on the computer. My sister is really um, savvy with that kind of stuff as well. So having my sister like be like that kind of inspired me. And then when I was in high school, actually, I took web design and I took video production and I just liked it. I liked doing it and it helped me create in different ways. I think that was something that the pandemic taught me too. I taught myself a new editing software. I taught myself illustrator. I was just trying to teach myself all these skills so that with my dance content, I can be creative in every aspect of the production because I know how to do everything. Yeah. It's such a gift. And like now, nowadays when everyone just wants to see stuff online, cause we maybe can't meet up as often. All of your stuff is so clean and receivable and digestible, man, digestible. I said that in our intro recording for this episode, <laughs> but that is the word I literally Thanksgiving meals are still on the brain. Still digesting. Yeah. Still digesting. No, I think that's such a smart and, um, anything. Yeah. In the tech world, that can parallel dance, which let's get real, the more we go on in time, the more closely related those two things are. But it's such a good skill um, that you can do so much with. And I think, I don't know, I, I commend anyone out there that um, that takes the time to learn how to do uh, any sort of like digital design or video editing or video production or making reels. You know, I remember I felt so cool when I taught myself how to use GarageBand back in like 2005. And so whatever, like the current day version of that is good job. Cause that's something that I feel yeah. like I still have people that are like, can you like edit my music for me? And for me, I'm like, you don't know how to use GarageBand, but that went from a compliment to me insulting yeah. people that don't know how to edit music. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but like, People don't realize how many skills dance teachers need to have. It's like dance teachers are expected to edit their own music and like be self-promoting. And so like in high school, I used to vlog. You can't find any of my vlogs anymore. I made them I was all private. I just to type in HTTPS colon backslash. Yeah. My channel was called Dude, It's Malia. Um And that was something that was like my hobby as like outside dance was video editing and vlogging. And so I got comfortable talking in front of a camera. I got comfortable editing. And it's, it's interesting looking back, like 
now that I'm making all of this content, um, it's like, oh my God, I've been doing this for a really long time. And I never would have thought that vlogging in high school would give me all of these skills to be producing content now. Totally. And being comfortable in front of a camera and doing self tapes and just like silly things like not that those are silly, but like you never thought that being like, hey, here's a day in my life would turn into like, oh, am I going to book this national, you know, campaign? So um, I find vlogging exactly. vlogs so relaxing. I watch them like on, I honestly watch them today, like Thursday mornings. I'm like, OK, I'm going to watch like these people. I don't even know. And I'm like, <laughs> I love seeing what they're doing with their life. And <laughs> I love it. Um but going back a little bit, what was your transition? So you said you were deciding between LA and New York, Broadway Dance Center versus Edge. What was your transition like once you got to LA? How how long did, did it take for you to feel, okay, I'm at home? Uh, realistically, probably about five years, which I know is very discouraging to hear for people who are thinking about maybe moving to LA. But um, I mean, I moved at 18. So I think my like growing up period was where m- most people, I'm putting that in air quotes, go to college and that's their kind of transition out of the house and into real life, but it's in a structured environment. And I had a structured environment for my first year because I was dancing 40 hours a week and working at edge. So it was like, I was dancing all the time. I was working all the time. I was meeting all these people. And then once I graduated from edge, I was working as a dancer, but like figuring out how to be freelance, figuring out that I like can't eat cake and pizza every day, like oh learning God. how to be an adult I remember those is days. a hard thing. <laughs> so it's like learning how to take care of yourself, learning how to work. Like it's just was such a period of learning and having to figure it out by falling on my butt. So it took me a long time and it took me a lot of mental work like going to therapy, figuring out that my identity is not tied to being a dancer, figuring out that I can be a human and have non-dancer friends and cannot dance. Like I can focus on other things other than dance. And that doesn't mean that I'm a failure. Oh my gosh. You said so like, it took a long time to learn that, but (laughs) I just remember being 18 and I, when I was in school, I literally like ate whatever I wanted. And it like, because it was like freedom from home. So I was like, oh my God, if I can have Reese's sticks at 3 a.m., I'm going to. And it's like such, and I, you know, I still do that now, but it's definitely like a hard, that time of your life is tough in general. So then also balancing a career and meeting new people and like figuring out your identity, you know, it's difficult. Well, and you're learning, you're learning control and boundaries with yourself for the first time, like on so many things. I mean, you could talk about uh, diet. You could talk about your relationship to dance, you know, we're young partying, all that. Like it's all those things that you have to like, kind of keep it in check with yourself. But the only way that you can kind of find that is like, you got to cross the line to find the line sometimes. Um, exactly. And if that line means Reese's sticks at 3am, then like, cheers, break me off a piece of that. Wait, no, that's Kit Kat. Whatever. Anyways. What is a Reese's stick? Yeah. Now I'm curious. You guys, this is the best. It's so good. I used to eat, I still eat these. All the, it's like my go-to candy, but it's, a, you know, a Reese's, like a Reese's peanut butter cup, yeah. but it's in a stick with like a wafer. So it's like a peanut butter cup oh my God. wafer. And it's Inside so like Dance with Taylor and Alex and is not Reese's. sponsored by Reese's or any Nabisco product. <laughs> it is a Kit Kat and a Reese's Yet. mixed together. And they're so good. And one of my amazing. best friends from college, like still sends me like pictures when he's eating them. And I'm like, yeah, they're oh my God. 
They're so I I'm gonna send I'm gonna give you some next time. A care package. Okay, great. So good. Great. Mrs. please sponsor us. Um well let's let's move right along here. So um coming out of the Edge Scholarship program, um, what was your transition into uh those next few years? Like what what did you do? Really give some advice to people that were in 19 year old Malia's shoes. Um what should they do? What shouldn't they do? What do you think? What do you wish you would have done, et cetera? Um, I think that that's such an interesting question because it's also like 15 parts. Did, sorry. I'm really bad at no, direct no, no, questions. No, I, <laughs> I think if there was someone named Christina who was 19 and living in Los Angeles and did everything that I did, took every class that I took, did the exact same jobs that I did cried and ate pizza in their car after a hard day at work, like I did at 19, their experience would be totally different than mine. So I think advice to dancers is you can follow someone's path exactly, but your experience will be totally different because we're all different. So in my experience, what I think has worked so well for me is finding good mentors, is finding good people to surround myself with. So when I graduated the EDGE program at 19, I started working at LA Dance Magic with Jackie Slate and Katie Restowitz, and they were kind of some really great allies for me to give me structure, to give me a job, to give me the space to go to auditions and go to class and um, really just kind of gave me that first introduction into what the behind the scenes world is like, because I'd gone to convention as a kid, but I did, I don't know how they work. I don't know how they function. I don't know anything about accounting. So that year of seeing how a convention functions gave me a lot of insight into how productions could function or how sets are run and how you need to wake up and how you, how it takes so much to get everything done. So I worked at LA Dance Magic for a year and a half, which was wonderful. And then I transitioned more into teaching at a studio. So I knew I was watching all of these teachers at LA Dance Magic for a year and a half and absorbing their information. Then I took all of that information into teaching at studios. And now I'm teaching at taking all that information that I taught teaching at studios and transitioning that into choreography and working with dancers on set and working with um, non-dancers and teaching them how to dance for camera. And just by taking little pieces of every part of my life, I've been able to really build a strong foundation of knowledge based upon the people that I've learned from. To be able to have a, a mentor like Jackie Slight is, yeah. is beyond. And I love what you said about the importance of having a mentor. I feel like um, I'm finding that with um, Tommy right now. And I never yeah. knew how much I needed, I needed someone to like challenge me, push me and just t- kind of take me under their wing and like learn their knowledge. It like makes such a clear path. So you're so lucky at such a young age to have someone like that and to get that experience. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for why you've done so well for yourself and that you're so on top of things and so organized. I mean, that's just truly, truly a blessing. We love Jackie. I, yeah. uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Team Jackie she's over great. here. I loved her episode. It was wonderful. And her class is no joke. 
It's so hard. It's the hardest class I've ever done. Like truly being Jackie's assistant. I don't know. I'm sure it's probably because I'm also remembering it as a 19 year old who didn't have any idea what they were doing, but assisting Jackie has been the hardest thing I've ever done. My whole life has taught, it taught me so much and I am so grateful for it, but I am definitely like, I'm starting to like shove my elbows out of the assistant box, but I've been an assistant forever. Like I love being an assistant. I love helping people facilitate their goals. And I also think it's the best way to learn Totally, is being an assistant. Totally on the field job experience. Um, yeah. but I want to expand on that. So, um, I know you said, uh, mentoring and having those opportunities to assist, um, were really instrumental, um, in, kind of your presence and feeling comfortable as a dancer in LA, but let's level up once more. So as you're kind of spreading your elbows, how's that transition going is from, from assistant to choreographer, director, whether that be teaching in a studio or whether that be for like making your own projects. Um, what has your process been kind of expanding yourself in that? I think really just trusting that I know what I'm doing. I think for a long time, like dancers are so good at being told what to do. We take direction so well. We like, we love to check off the list of what people tell us to do. Like, okay, I'm going to get my single pirouette perfect. And then I'm going to get my double pirouette. And my teacher told me to do this. So I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be such a good student. And so now I'm at the point where it's like, I'm a great student and I've learned so much. And I am going to be a student forever, but I also need to be a teacher because I have so much information and I trust my voice and I trust that I can share that voice and use it and create all the things that I imagine. And just trusting that I can do it was like the biggest, biggest piece, because now that I'm trusting that I can do it, I'm making so much amazing work that I'm so proud of. Yeah, okay. Well that's We're calling this episode like trust. Trust with Malia Baker, because I, it's been, that was like the thing that has been missing from, from myself was like trusting that I knew what I was doing. I like will constantly go into that self-doubt thing. And it's so, once Mm -hmm. you say, oh, I trust myself because think about all the other people out there who are just, you know, whether it's creating new work, new content, they have trust in what they're offering. And then they, mm-hmm. I see them out there. I'm like, darn, I wish I could have done that. And it's like, oh, they just trusted th- themselves mm-hmm. and I'm not trusting myself. Like that is exactly, that's what holds us back is like, not uh, like even just doing like technique across the floor. I will literally be like, I can't do this. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. how long have we been dancing? Let's trust for a second. And yes. like, even yeah. if you're strong and wrong, trust, it's crazy. So yeah. yeah. Cause with all the stuff that I'm making now, people are coming up to me and like, oh my God, I can't, you're like, all the stuff you've been making is incredible. And it's like, it's not, it's not groundbreaking. Like I'm making TikToks that took me 30 seconds, but the fact that I'm doing it because I trust that what I do and who I am is good enough to share. That's all it takes. And it's you. People want to see you. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. It like keeps me up at night. But it's every, everyone has that struggle. Everyone has that struggle, especially when we've grown up comparing ourselves to people on our team or ourselves in the mirror or who we were last year. Like, oh, I didn't get this job, but I got that job or that girl's getting that job. Like, it's so easy to not trust. So you just have to constantly be checking in and saying, I'm good. I can do this. Yes. 
it's so interesting too, that there's like the, uh, like the two different sides of your brain, um, you know, I know we've talked in this podcast before about how being a good dancer may not translate into being a good teacher or choreographer. Um, but it's very, I, I think it's right side of your brain. Is that the one that's like numbers and like analytics and things like that? That's like in my dancer head, like the technique, the technician, the obedient, like drill sergeant. Yes, I'll do whatever. And then you have this other um, creative side, which I feel like as you're growing up as a dancer, you're hands are held as you're walking towards this goal. So both of those sides of your brain are kind of being flexed at the same time. But I know um, it's, I think it's important that we all check in to our, to both of those sides of our brains, even if we get into a consistent job or a show or something where you're doing maybe not as creative work every day. Um, But Mm -hmm. to keep that fresh and to keep your appreciation of it and to keep that trust in yourself still taking those little chances to create and uh, make those 30 second TikToks and like um, doing something creative every day. That was the most long-winded way of me trying to explain those like five words. <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So you, true. you're good at what you practice. So that's if good you too. practice. If you practice being creative, then you're going to be better at being creative. So true. Um, I want to know what what one of your favorite gigs has been, um, whether it be recently or in the past couple of years, Um, because I I know you've done a lot of different different types of things. So share with us. Yeah. Um, I just recently did a job that um, this was like the first job that was fully direct book. I didn't have to audition. I didn't have to do anything. It was wonderful. My agent was like, here you go, this job for you on a platter. We love that. Awesome. Well, awesome. Um, And it was for a children's TV show, like a children's special based upon a book. We got to be like um, jazzy kind of chorus line. We were like in top hats and um, like, tuxedo jackets and I got to kick my legs and I got to dance full out and I got to have like some solo moments on camera I got to act like it was just such a such a dream job and um that we just recently did that so I'm very excited I don't know like how many details I can share so I'm gonna be a little vague but just that that job definitely felt like a culmination of all that trust that we were just talking about like I know how to dance on camera I'm smart I'm good at this and I trust myself my agent trusts me enough to advocate for me on this job director trusts me to give me this kind of solo pop-out feature the choreographer who I've never met trusts me enough to give me these solo moments so I'm I must be doing something right yes okay so what once we get details and when it's released we'll we'll be able to post about it but I can't wait to see yeah that's yeah. so exciting and all honestly anytime you get to kick your leg it's just so oh great my God, it's my <laughs> yeah. isn't it funny too you spend like so much of your older dance career um being like it's not just about like tricks and turns and jumps which is great and all but then when you do get to like revert yeah. back to that yeah. you're like yeah. damn it feels good <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much of the time, like I remember, uh, it was so funny when we were doing creation for love or sorry, refresh for love. There was so many days where like, we wanted to be extra. We wanted to do kicks and tricks and all this stuff. And and the director who was like refreshing, it was like, can you guys just like, just do less. Like I want, I just want like no choreography. And like, I don't want to know that you're dancers. And I'm like, okay. 
18 years of dance training but can you not let me know that you're a dancer you look civilian oh yeah we want pedestrians can you look awkward (laughs) on at the wedding thank you that's what we that's the that's the vibe that's the aesthetic we're going for God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much of being a dancer is not dancing. It's hundred percent. Really That's crazy. Yeah. Malia, I want to know who who are some of your biggest inspirations? Who inspires you? Oof. Um again, like a 29 part question. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like that is such a great question. I feel like there are so many people that inspire me. Like Alex inspires me every time she comes to my class. Dude, and like, she's so great. Just dances. She's so amazing. I love dance. Um, my friends. I love your love me. your dance moves. <laughs> Thank you. Like my friends, my friends and family really do inspire me because they're my peers and we're growing together. So seeing us all grow together is really inspirational. But like far away, like not far away, but people that whose careers I admire are Marguerite Derricks and Kat Burns. I really like imagine myself as a hybrid of those two. Um, Uh, Oh, you absolutely are. Absolutely. So I just, I love that they're both kind. I love that they're both women who are choreographers and who advocate for dancers in the community. Um, I love Dana Wilson worked on her podcast for a few years and I think she's has so many great things to say. Um, yeah, I admire Jackie Slate. I admire um, Amy Poehler. Yes, love Amy Poehler. Yeah, there's there's this could go on and on and on and on and on. Those are like <laughs> solid solid role models. And something that popped into my yeah. head that I love. Uh, you know, when you meet certain people and like, you don't love like the circles, maybe like the energy of the circles they run in, like you meet their friends yeah. or the people who are gravitate towards them. And you're kind of like, uh, this isn't my favorite. That is something I love about you is like every time I'm at your class or even yesterday with the shoot, like all the people you bring around are people I genuinely are like, these are amazing great energy people. And so I think that speaks so much. And like all the, all the role models you look up to, I'm like, yes, all those people produce amazing work, work all the time, advocate for the dancers and they use different dancers for each Mm -hmm. thing. Like they're never just using Mm -hmm. the same group, but like you, I, I, I feel like that's really important and hard to find these days where you just love the energy that people are, are surrounded by and the other people that are gravitating towards you. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense too, that you say that, because I was going to point out, I love that your answer was, uh, you know, Marguerite and Kat. And the first thing that came to mind was that you said they're kind and that they're women and that they're empowering, not that they're like, look at their resume and look at what they've done this. I think it's so important, um, especially coming out of this like pandemic era for this next generation who maybe hasn't had as much like one-on-one time. There's been a lot of Zoom classes, a lot of, you know, like uh, virtual dancing, which yay, kickball change. But um, you can't replace that feeling just the way that you feel when you work with people you really vibe with. And I think it's up to us um, as dancers and assistants and choreographers and leaders and in whatever aspect of your life to have that that same energy, you know, kind of pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yay. Come on energy. Yes, it's like a radio session up in here. Love good energy. <laughs> uh, so lastly, yeah, I think working with good people is the most important part. Like, it is good, good, good homies always. 
And I think as dancers, we think everything needs to be like so blood, sweat and tears because that's how training was. And right. so we're like every yes. job, it doesn't matter uh, if you're not like it only matters if you're like bleeding through it. And it was like the toughest thing you've ever done, which is insane. You're like, you can <laughs> yeah. throw some glitter there, in there too. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there are people that work like that. And there are people that like to work like that. Uh, I'm not one of those people. No, <laughs> I'm thanks. not one of those people at all. No. So I will say, no, thank you. I will watch it on TV later. I'm sure um, it'll be fierce. <laughs> so, as, and just knowing that you have the power to say no to jobs that <laughs> with people that make you feel bad. Yeah. You, you don't, don't have, have to, to work. work. People. Yeah. You don't have to do things. <laughs> that sounds silly. You don't have to do things you don't want. But in reality, I feel like we're in the dance world where you're like, I'm scared to say no to anything. And I have to work for this choreographer, even though she's insane or he's insane because that's where the real dancers go. Paid $20. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, yeah. you know, what's interesting. I, I find like sometimes those people won't remember you. Like, let's say you say no to something. They most likely, they have so much going on. Like they're most likely not going to remember that. And then you could, I feel like that happens a lot, especially in LA where like the first time you see someone, they like don't remember you. And the second time they're like, Oh, who are you? And you're like, Oh, I'm taking your class for like 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it always, yeah. you, you kind of have, you can slide by, by saying no to some things. It's not going to really and, matter. And if, might, you, if people, if they're the type of person to hold on to a grudge because you said no to a bad opportunity, yeah. then you don't want to work with them anyway. Amen. Yeah. So true. So just to leave our yeah. listeners with one last thing, uh, what's your advice to the younger generation of dancers and what do you look forward to in the future for yourself and them as far as like uh, dance industry morale and yeah. Yes. I think just kind of what we just talked about. It's, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You have all of the power. I think, especially with um, some, there's obviously history of systemic inequality and definitely some power dynamics that are dangerous. And I think the more that students and dancers can realize that they have the power, they have the power to say no, they have the power to make their own work, they have the power to create energy in the room, they have the power to try hard or not try hard, they have the power to make friends or ignore people, they have the power to be nice or be not nice. Like we have so much power that we usually give to other people. So the sooner that you can take the power away from your teacher and give it to yourself and respect your teacher and respect what they have to say. But if they're telling you you're fat, you need to lose 20 pounds. You can say, no, thank you to that idea. I have the power to trust myself and love myself and reject that notion. So you have the power is the answer. Yes. Oh, that's so fantastic. I cannot yeah. wait for everybody to hear this. It's what great advice, Malia. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us today. And seriously, you have uh, so much knowledge and inspiration um, that we're, I'm just so grateful that we could get you on um, to share all of this, this goodness with our listeners. But um, if people want to stay up to date with you, I know Alex mentioned you have an amazing looking website. Um, why don't you chat with us about that slash what's your social media? <laughs> so my website is Malia M Michelle is my middle name. So that's why the M is there. My Instagram is you can find me at Malia Baker or you can find me at Malia, the choreographer. Um, and you can find me on TikTok at Malia bakes moves. Yeah. Like oh, bake the cake. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's so good. I love and it. one more time, yeah. your vlog that will um, one day become <laughs> unhidden. <laughs> Private. Dude, it's Malia. Dude, There's it's one Malia. video up that you can find, which is really hysterical and awful. That's everyone's it's homework right now. 50 most unattractive faces. So <laughs> you, can, you can guess what that looks like. Wow. I'm thrilled. And that image is a perfect way to, uh, yeah. to conclude this amazing, amazing interview. So Malia, thank you again so much for your time. Um, we really appreciate you and I look forward to all these cool moves you're going to bake and whatever concepts and things you've been working on with Alex, I have no doubt it's going to be super successful. So yay. Yay. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. So fun. Thank you.